I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, everyone, to episode 213 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And on this episode, we have Evo, Evo Kapanen, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, from the Finnish band Arion. Now, how I stumbled upon this band, and this is kind of a, a plug at the same time, is that I post a ton of videos to Patreon. I have a Patreon page where for as little as $2 a month, you can keep up with the shenanigans there. We have a tight group of people. Uh, Jeremy Weltman up in the UK, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, Mark Striegel, uh, Brad Dahl from Yarg Metal, yargmetal.com, and uh, the metal dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. And it is a, a tight-knit group, but it is a troll-free group, and we let our opinions fly. I post a lot of videos, anywhere from two to six a day. Honestly, depends on how many videos are coming out, how many are being sent to me so on and so forth. But Arion is something that had been sent to me. They've released three videos so far, and all three videos pretty much got thumbs up from the patrons. And what we've been doing is that from any video that they've approved or that they've liked, we've thrown it into a playlist. So, I mean, it could be like a considered a best of 2021 and all three Arion videos made it in there. And I listened to the album and I'm like, all right, this is actually pretty cool. So I reached out to, uh, to the label and they made it happen. So I got to talk to, uh, to Evo and talk to him about the album and a bunch of different things uh, regarding them, like Eurovision and, um, you know, uh, being in Finland and, and what that all means. And, um, you know, and, and Mostly their new album, Vultures Die Alone, but yeah. Um, with Patreon, again, it's two bucks a month. I, I don't want to feel like I'm pushing anything on anyone. I understand times are tough for everyone. If you can help out and make it there and donate two bucks a month, I encourage you to do so. And, you know, if you try it out for a month, don't like it. Maybe it's too much content for you or whatever then bail, you know, that's cool. I, I understand that. Um, I, you know, I'm subscribed to a bunch of different Patreon pages and it's frustrating at times because you're like, you know, I'm, I'm paying this person this money and I have no problem supporting them, but what am I getting in return? Sure. I understand there are some people that just by having, you know, just by supporting is enough, but you know, I, I want a little something in return. So, you know, by me adding those videos and helping turn people on to different things, um, I think that that's part of what works for me. Uh, Jeremy in the UK, for example, just let me know the other day how he's already purchased eight albums this year based on different things that I've posted on Patreon. So if you're fumbling and looking for new music to check out from new artists, from Artists you may have heard of but have never checked out their music or even 
established bands that you know of, but maybe you don't know that they're coming out with something new. I've got you covered with my Patreon. Uh, I'm all, I also do a additional podcast called the Victor M. Ruiz podcast. Um, and I, you know, I throw up a bunch of questions and polls. And for example, these last few weeks, I've been throwing up questions regarding uh, different subgenres of rock and metal. Namely, and this is interesting because I just recently saw an interview with Bob Nalbandian, who I'll be speaking to over the weekend on his show. But um, it's interesting because he recently talked to Don Jameson and the discussion turned to big four of thrash metal and why there's never been another label like that put on other subgenres of metal. And it's funny because we had been doing this for the last few weeks because one of those things where I'm just kicking ideas around and, and I'm thinking, you know, what, what can I do? What can I do for Patreon? And one of the things was, and what I first kicked it off with was big four of grunge. And I essentially picked Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, and Alice in Chains. Whether you think they all fit that label or not, just bear with me. So I essentially I listed those four bands and I said, make a super group out of, out of these four bands. Pick your singer, pick two guitarists, bass player, and drummer. And we got all types of crazy combinations. Um, of course, we did thrash. We've done um, 80s LA hard rock. Uh, this week, we've done British bands. So it was make a super group out of Maiden, Priest, Black Sabbath, and Motorhead. So, um, yeah, so, there, you know, we have a lot of fun interaction there. And again, you know, if, if you feel that you're getting gypped because you're not getting enough of a return on what you're investing on Patreon, come check my stuff out. You know, I, I think you, you may be pleased. And again, if it's too much, it's fine. I understand. But give it a shot, you know. Anywhere for like I said, two bucks to twenty-five bucks. It all depends on what what you want to uh invest basically and what you want to get in return. So that's that. Um I also want to mention the newsletter. I started a newsletter up a few weeks ago. It's funny. I convinced Mark Striegel to do a newsletter, and all this while or I should say I was pitching to do a newsletter to him. I don't know if I ultimately convinced him or not. I don't want my words to be misconstrued, but I am doing my own newsletter where I'm recapping all the various shows where I'm appearing on and the Patreon stuff and what bands are making the playlist, what videos we're playing, so on and so forth, you know, just to entice people to hop on board if they, so feel uh, necessary to do so. But uh, anyway, I started doing my own newsletter and I don't know, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun, you know, a way of looking back at what, what I've been doing for the week and it helps people know, you know, what I've been doing. I'm not one of these people that get pissed when, when you say, Hey, you know, I've, I've just stumbled upon your show or I didn't know that you were doing a show or whatnot. No, come on, give me a break. There's everyone doesn't know who I am. 
hardly anybody knows who I am. I am like the I'm podcast number. I looked it up uh, like a week ago, 4,000 something. But out of a million podcasts, that's not too bad. I'm 250 when it comes to overall music podcasts, uh, which is okay. I'll take it. You know, you know, I've said this a bunch on Patreon. I'm not Eddie Trunk, not Mitch LaFon. I'm not, you know, Mark Striegel and Talking Metal. I'm not the classic metal show. I'm not known like all these people are. But in the grand scheme of things, being 250 out of thousands upon thousands upon millions and millions, I'll take it. So there you go. Um, could I strive for more? Absolutely. But is what it is. Um, last thing I want to touch upon before jumping on into the interview is the Signals from Mars live stream, which is what I've been doing every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the U.K., and for those of you in the Central European time zone, it is midnight Friday going into Saturday. And basically, it's me interviewing people live. You can interact. You can chat. You can throw questions our way. Um, I will be doing that tonight as well. I'll be doing it two times today. I'll be speaking to three people, two different occasions, uh, to be honest. And it's a lot of fun. It's what you're going to be hearing today with my interview with Evo. The difference is that when I interviewed Evo, it was at a time where a lot of people weren't connected. I also didn't advertise uh, for it, which is something that I, it's one of those things that I got to get better at. Um, today, I will be interviewing Sonia Anubis. She's the guitarist in Crypta and Cobra Spell. And tonight, I will be interviewing Chris Aiken and Matt Hartnett from the CM, CMSPN, um, which is Classic Metal Show Podcast Network. So should be a lot of fun. If you want to chime in, I mean, the, the plan is to have both, the plan is to have this posted before tonight's show. So if you listen to this and want to chime in, please do so. If you don't join us today, you can always check the replays out and I'm turning you know, the audio version into these Mars Attacks episodes. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. It's kind of been really a, a freeform type of a thing where I haven't gotten so hung up over whether, you know, the shows are perfect or not. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. But it helps me to continue to put content out there for you guys, and I hope that you appreciate it or hope that you like it, I should say. So if you want to keep up with the Signals from Mars live stream, uh, there are a bunch of ways of doing so. First of all, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. You've got links to all of the social media right there at the top and the bottom of the page. Uh, links to the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, and YouTube, and so on and so forth. Different ways that you can subscribe to the show and whatnot. Um, right there, when I schedule interviews or I schedule the Signals from Mars episodes, you'll be able to subscribe and find out exactly who's on when, when I'm interviewing a specific guest. 
So uh, follow like that. Follow me on, again, Twitter or Instagram or even Facebook. You'll, you'll see my posts. So, and if not, just subscribe to this podcast or subscribe on YouTube, for example. And anytime there's a new video or a new audio version of the interview, you'll find out. So there you go. Thank you for checking this episode out. Let's just jump on into this interview with, uh, with Evo. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Mars Attacks podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, back as usual. And joining us, we have Evo from the band um, Arion. How are you, sir? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, it's uh, around like uh, 7.30 p.m. in Finland, so, so it's getting pretty late. I'm drinking coffee because of that, trying to stay away, you know, woken up like, really early today. And I'm pretty happy because the reception for our new album has been like very good. The response has been from the crowd has been like really pleasant for us and we'll be happier for that. Yeah, and actually interesting that you bring that up because um, I have a, a Patreon page and on that page I post a lot of videos, new videos of bands and the three videos that you guys have released from this album have been posted there and what my followers on Patreon do is they uh, pick the songs that they like the best or the videos they like the best and then those end up on a playlist. So all three of those songs has, have ended up on that playlist. Um, yeah. yeah, and I have um, a follower up in the UK, uh, Jeremy Weltman, who just mentioned to me when I said I was interviewing you, he said, let him know that I pre-ordered the uh, orange vinyl today. So, uh, so at least on my end, people are really enjoying the album. Yeah, well, that sounds like overwhelmingly uh, like pleasant, you know. <laughs> I'm really happy to hear that, like, and uh, surprised as well. But, but well, thank you, and thank you to your like uh, Patreon followers as well. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, this album to me, and and this is the one theme. It was funny. A lot of the things that I thought when I was preparing my questions. I reached out to the, my people on Patreon and they asked like a lot of the same things or mentioned a lot of the same things. It really seems that with this album, with Vultures Die Alone, you guys really kick things up a notch. The production seems to be at a different level. And even the songwriting seems like you guys have really pushed things further than you have in the past. Was that a conscious effort for you guys? Well, um, like, uh, those things kind of like contribute to each other because you know uh this album for Arian album it was like really easy to write i'm the main songwriter for the band so so okay. that's kind of kind of like my territory and i can cover that topic because of that kind of well uh i, I wrote this album like quite uh, you know fast fast uh, like compared to previous albums and quite easy it was kind of like uh kind of like uh oof. 
So for example, I had I used to have a lot of trouble like finishing stuff like really like uh, in like convenient pace, you know. And mm-hmm. this time it was like uh, it, it didn't take like like too much time actually. For example, many of the songs were like finished within a time period of just weeks, you know, during the winter 2019. And 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 uh, the fact that those songs kind of came together so easily and they were like re- really ready before we started recording anything, and that kind of contributes to that production level you know it's the production stage gets like really easy mm-hmm. when you when you have have that kind of like uh um situation when going into recording so so that might be a major factor and of course of course we uh like uh everything was planned really well because of that like when you have those songs like really ready you can like really plan those production things you know like like right. like you know what kind of drum sound you're after what kind of guitar sound you're after and shit like that. Everyone can practice like really well, you know, for right. the studio, like rehearse. If you don't have the material already, for example, a singer can't rehearse and it can be like really difficult after that, you know. You can right. uh, have a decent level for the record, but it's not going to be great if you can't, can't have that like uh, opportunity to rehearse. So those mm-hmm. things contribute to each other. Gotcha. Okay. So the songs you're saying you started writing them back two years ago in 2019. I- I'm assuming then that this was all recorded, obviously, during the pandemic. Did the pandemic afford you guys additional time to uh, record the album? I guess uh, it didn't matter that much because we were going on a recording period anyway because we were like, okay. uh, uh, we played a lot of shows in 2019, like seriously. And uh, we're just uh, just before the pandemic started, we had finished all of those shows and we we're supposed to go on a recording period. So recording break you know so um it, it didn't like matter that much but uh, but maybe it kind of made the whole recording process feel like there's no rush you know it, it kind of right. the world felt so like uh immobilized at the moment it mm-hmm. was kind of like uh it felt like really easy to just uh, just like uh focus on that on the recording process and album production there was no rush nothing nothing's gonna happen anyway so it made it like really stress-free I say. Right. Okay. And you're saying that you were able to take your time to pick the right sounds and everything. Was there anything going into the album that you really wanted to do with this album that you hadn't done with previous albums that you had released? Yeah, well, going into re-recordings, it was kind of obvious that this album's like uh, material songwriting-wise was like heavier and uh, mm-hmm. also more modern. So. Uh, that was a major factor considering like those sounds on the new album. We we, we went into that direction, and uh, because of that, we also hired Adam Nolly Getgood, ex periphery bass player, to mix this album because he has that kind of he's like really famous for that tone, you know, that like really heavy, massive modern metal sound. We wanted that. We didn't want that kind of uh, like previous uh, a little bit power metallic kind of sound on this album, right. even though we have those like symphonic elements still present in our music and. That's uh, that, that's uh, like uh, there's a story to this band's evolution that we, we kind of went from uh, like really like a basic power metal band into this kind of like modern hybrid kind of band which right. we are today and and uh, it was really important on this album to emphasize that you know so uh, so that's why there, I'd say there's there was a really clear goal in mind when we went to it, recordings of this album. Like uh, we wanted that heaviness, we wanted that like modern sound, like uh, very uh, like defined production, you know, details and shit like that. And 
Well, when you have when you have uh, those songs like uh, in like good shape, when you go into those recordings, you're able to uh, like uh, work on those details as much as possible, guitar solos and shit like that, you know. So right. So there, it all comes together. <laughs> okay. Was there anything from a gear standpoint that you used differently? Yeah, yeah, actually, because uh, this time uh, the whole, like, uh, on the previous album, the whole recording process was kind of a mess, you know, we had to go with what we, like, like uh, could, like, afford time-wise, you know, mm-hmm. not money-wise, but time-wise, and on this album we uh, had an opportunity, like I said, to kind of plan things out, and and we used, like, for example, for guitars, we used a lot more, like, real amps, you know, everything okay. this record is, is on real tube amps, and we we like uh, use this amazing reamping system for of our producer Matthias, who has like a big collection of amps, like fifty one fifties, like and, and so and so you know. And we tried everything out and reamped a lot and really worked on the guitar sound, you know. And uh, for for every single track on this album, we we managed to like uh, gather the perfect piece of gear for every like single, you know track maybe vocals or maybe like uh drums bass or anything and we used multiple guitars on, on the guitar tracks for example like uh, i played with three different uh guitars on a single song you know like the left guitar was different the right guitar was different and the doubling guitar which was the quad tracks you know was different so <laughs> a, lot, a lot of like effort put into just recording and different peaks also and shit like that so <laughs> So yeah, like lots of effort and and like uh, lots of like perfecting when it comes to like finding the perfect gear for the album. So and I think it paid off. <laughs> okay, when you go to choose a left and right guitar, what do you do to? What do you want to choose? Do you want to look for different pickups? Do you look for? Um, I don't know a, a different style of uh, you know neck maybe to play certain things easier i mean what 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 are your parameters to choose what what guitar you're going to use uh where and when yeah you know the question makes a lot of sense uh, even though uh basically uh, the left and right guitar were like very similar they were my like uh, i have uh, five identical esp guitars which okay. have which have the same pickups you know emg 5766 and mm-hmm. i have one different guitar which, which is my custom shop which i didn't have back then but anyway uh, I played uh, those like main tracks left and right with different uh, indi- individual of those like uh, ESPs I have, which were the same guitar but still sounded different because they are all individual. So it's a really minor difference that contributes to that like really wide stereo effect, you know. Right. And uh, that helps a lot. And when it comes to that like quad tracking guitar, it was very different, but with different pickups, a different different brand, you know. It was it was a Ruokangas guitar owned by Matthias Kupiainen. That's what we used used for for those quadra guitars, and that's where uh, the sound changed drastically. You know, that's that's where it happens. So uh, we didn't want that, you know, like like very different sounding guitar, like like stereo wise, but we wanted that for the quad tracks, and mm-hmm. it all worked out really well, in my opinion. Okay, and um, you've obviously had a lot of different guest appearances over the years um how do you pick who ends up on the albums guesting with you guys does it have to do with someone that you want to work with does it have to do with their schedule with them being available what does that all entail 
Well, well, all of that actually. Like it, it it's uh, actually uh, it always takes a lot of effort to find someone who has the time, who wants to do it, and uh, who is like suitable for that role. You know, so it's right. like. Uh, Basically, uh, in case of Elise Root, for example, it was actually quite lucky that we got her to do that. We were like pretty much a no-name back then, you know, just released the debut album and just about to release the first single of the second album. So, uh, but but our label had a contact to her, you know. Uh, okay. He, uh, our label manager, used to sign Amaranth for the first al- album oh, okay. deal, you know. So he had a contact, and he basically asked me to write a song that. Uh, could work for our uh, then uh, to be introduced new singer and Elise probably if he if he could get her to sing on the song. I wrote the song and it was presented to Elise and Elise liked it and decided that she would do the feature and it was kind of lucky after all you know uh, like lots of different pieces like coming together like pretty lucky and uh, regarding Bloodline the duet with Nora Lohim of Battle Beast it was uh, less lucky. Maybe because uh, we knew Nora previously and we toured together with Battle Beast back in 2019. So it was kind of obvious that we asked from Nora if she would be willing to do that, you know. So right. uh, and uh, her answer was, if the song is good enough and she likes it, she will do it. And uh, after a while, I, I finished writing Bloodline and she liked the song. So it was pretty simple that. And uh, well, the Cyan Kicks duet, it, it was even easier because Cyan Kicks... Uh, guys are my friends and i basically just ask them if they want to participate on an arian song to like uh to like sing on it and uh, get some exposure from us so we were able to kind of give uh, another band exposure instead of it going the other way you know like ellis did for us for example so it was like really really like pleasant for us as well like that we were able to like help another band and they helped us as well by performing a great great vocal track on our song so uh, those are the kind of stories that happen, and, and well, it's it's often a long shot when you try to like uh, 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 find the perfect uh, like uh, guest vocalist or a, a perfect musician for your song, you know. But sometimes it really pays off the whole hard work you you put into it, and sometimes it's just way easier. So it depends on the situation. <laughs> okay, has there ever been someone that you've approached where it didn't work out? And they weren't able to, for whatever reason, not be a part. Uh, no, actually, um, uh, there were like uh, some initial plans about another guest singer at one point, uh, which uh, which uh, we didn't end up doing yet. At least uh, okay. it was just because we already had it was supposed to be for this album, and we already had like uh, lots of. Uh, featuring vocalists already on this album so we kind of just decided to drop that idea maybe move into the future but uh, never uh, has there been a situation where like uh, um, the other person has just uh, proved themselves to be like uh, you know um, uh, not wanting to do the thing or like or like uh, just like uh, acting like an asshole or something like that it, ha- it hasn't happened to happen to us yet but but of course may prove out to be different right if you had a um a wish to have a a guest is there is there one guest that would be like a dream guest for you to have on the album on one of your albums yeah well that's an interesting question because elise back then was a a, like kind of a dream come true it was like really exciting to write a song for one of the like uh 
the like uh, most hyped vocalists of that that era in in, in the mellow scene, you know. Right. But uh, Nora as well, she was kind of a dream come true as well because she's a great singer. I love her voice, and well, uh, basically we've already agreed that uh, it's actually a funny story. Uh, I, I was asked this question back uh, back in two thousand and eighteen. Uh, from Sweden Rock Magazine, and and I answered that I would love to work with uh, Jake E from Syra, who is the ex Amaranth male singer, you know. And right. he actually saw the interview, he read it, and uh, he actually uh, messaged me that he really wants to do a duet with us. It would be really amazing. So it kind of happened that easily, you know. He was right. like really hype about that. We didn't do it yet, but we're going to do it in the future. <laughs> Like, like, uh, like, absolutely. Uh, for anyone else, I have actually no idea yet. It depends on what kind of songs I'm gonna come up with, you know. And uh, maybe, maybe, maybe some kind of you know, like screamo vocalist will be actually like really interesting. We've done lots of like female duets already, so something else like, like, you know, I don't know. Not dropping any names, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, and way back when. I guess you guys got notoriety for going on a show to qualify for Eurovision. You guys were still teenagers back then, so you were you were very young. Um, what was that process like, and was there a lot of pressure put on you guys at the time? It was really weird back then because yeah, because we kind of ended up on this contest by almost like an, uh, by accident, you know. It was kind of like. Uh, uh, we, we just uh, had recorded our first demo, and uh, our producer Matthias, who is still our producer, kind of just uh, joked about like sending that uh, to that kind of con- contest qualifier, you know, to right. in, in hopes uh, in, in hope that maybe someone from the industry could like listen to our song and like remember the name of the band, you know. But 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 what happened was that we ended up on national television, which was like really weird. And we were teenagers. So it was like kind of terrifying at the same time, but also like, uh, uh, it paid off in the end because we got our first recording deal. That contest, uh, our label manager saw us in the contest because her daughter recommended him to watch that. show, you know, so oh, wow. that's what happened. And that's why we are the band we are today, you know, uh, we never want to go to Eurovision because it, it, it's not actually like a uh, dream come true for a metal band in general, you know, even though it's like great exposure. But that was not our goal. Our goal was just, was just to like, uh, you know, you know, kind of get someone from the industry to notice us. And that's what happened. Like, <laughs> I don't. Right. Yeah, obviously in Finland, Lordi won. So that was a, a big deal. They were the first like rock band to essentially win or anything that was basically anything remotely close to hard rock or metal. Um, what did that do for Finland back then? Uh, was Did you see an uptick in the scene of rock music becoming popular? Or, you know, what, did Lordi become overly popular in the country? What, what was the overall effect, in your opinion, at the time? Yeah, well, actually, this is this this might sound interesting to uh, like anyone outside of Finland, but uh, in Finland, it's been a common thing like uh, back in those days that that like metal bands have been featured a lot in like mainstream radios and mainstream shows. Okay. You know, it's it's not an un- it was not an uncommon thing back then, unlike in any other country. So, right. uh, like, basically. Um, it, it was a huge thing that Lordi won the show, uh, won the uh, contest, you know, 
but, mm-hmm. but it was not, not like not like uh, they were already a quite popular band in Finland, and like uh, they 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 had gotten their share of that like mainstream uh, um, like exposure already. So so what actually happened back then was that Lordi actually got like really unpopular in Finland because they. Oh, for a while, they got like really popular, of course, because they were like all over every magazine and, and shit yeah. like that. But what happened that the people actually didn't consider them as a metal band anymore. It, it was like you know they were like uh, people were talking that they're too commercial or something like that, which is really weird because everywhere else uh, that Eurovision thing uh, is like represented as like a really cool thing. You know, you know, it's like really cool that a metal band won such a contest. But in Finland, every everyone was such just like suddenly like talking shit about them and th- that sounds too mean but like but like they, they were not considering the, me- the metal band they were not like uh not like not, like so- somehow they weren't credible anymore and it was like really weird and i find that like really frustrating actually and uh you know like really like uh in ca- one kind of way we actually got that same kind of like reaction like initially mm-hmm. from that from that shit we were like not very like credible in the very start of our career because of that Eurovision thing, you know. So Finland is a weird country, I'd say. I'd say being part of that contest wasn't cool for some reason, and everywhere else, for example, Germany or something like that, was really cool and was like really interesting for everyone. But not here. <laughs> weird. Yeah, that, that's that's really interesting. You know that that shows how fickle metal fans can be you know all these years later there's so many rules to what it is to be to be a metal band and you know at the end of the day you're trying to promote your music and as you said you know you weren't expecting to get on the show but you wanted people to know who you were there there are very few bands that can claim to be out there and make a living you know, doing what they love doing. So, I mean, I never understood, you know, it isn't as if, you know, you're, you're, I don't know, doing a Britney Spears song or, or, or something similar to that to get on Eurovision, you know, it's still a rock or a metal song. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't get the hate. I, I mean, I, it just, it, at the end of the day, it seems like a lot of people that are, stuck in their parents' bedrooms who are sour that they're not up there doing this. So Yeah, exactly. You you got the point. That's that's like really weird to me as well. And and there's no like uh I'm I'm not like I can't see that uh, as like very reasonable, you know, that kind of like hate or jealousy towards those bands who make it like mainstream for a while at least, you know. It's, yeah. it's really weird to me. Yeah. Um the band has been around or, roughly a decade um what influenced you initially to become a guitarist and what do you listen to today to keep you interested in playing in guitar okay well that's an interesting question because like uh uh i've known since since i started i was like 10 years old when i started playing guitar and i already knew back then that i want to be a professional guitar player and uh uh who influenced me back then was it was mainly first it was like Children of Boom, Alex Alejo, you know, and also Iron Maiden and that kind of basic stuff, which was like which uh, Alex Alejo, for example, was like uh, basically a really huge influence for my generation of players mm-hmm. in general yeah. because you know you know uh, it's a huge thing for for like small country like Finland when when a guitar player from our country gets voted as the best metal 
metal guitar player in the world. It's a huge inspiration for right. kids, you know. And I'm 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 one of the lucky bastards from that kind of generation to have that kind of like privilege to in, enjoy that like uh, inspiration from him. But but uh, growing up, I basically started listening to a bigger variety of guitar players. Like for example, Michael Romeo from Symphony X is a big influence to me. One of the best guitar players in the world, seriously. Uh, Matthias Kupianer from Stradivarius, who's our producer, he's actually one of my biggest guitar heroes as well, and I got to work with him, which is like, just like really amazing, of course, <laughs> like like a true dream come true, if anything is, then that is, but uh, also like John Petrucci, of course, big influence for me, like uh, your players and like that, songwriting-wise, actually Lamb of God is a huge influence for me as well, because like I really like the riffing and they're like uh, songwriting in general, running like lyrics and, and and like singing as well. It's like really amazing to me. And uh, nowadays, maybe I listen to a lot of like score music, you know, movie oh, scores, okay. shit like that. And uh, and also like uh, I listen to a lot of pop metal, you know, like I Prevail and Bring Me the Horizon. Those are like really big bands for me. I especially love I Prevail. It's really amazing. Songwriting skills are extraordinary. Uh, and nowadays, uh, I, I've kind of, uh, as a guitar player, I've begun to, like, uh, you know, appreciate more uh, of those, like, uh, classic, you know, like, legendary guitar players, like Zach Wilde and uh, and players like that. Zach Wilde is a huge thing for me nowadays. He's such a cool guy, in my opinion. So it has changed a little bit. I'm not that much into those, like, you, you know, like, um, um, how do you say, um, just maybe more into classics these days, so to keep it... Okay. Relatively short. I'm gonna stop here. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, what are the plans for the band post pandemic? Are you guys looking to go out and tour already? Is there talk of that? Is there talk of doing anything else moving forward from here to the end of the year? Yeah, well, uh, like you know, it's pretty difficult right now. Mm -hmm. uh, like like uh, career career building wise, but uh, we're supposed to tour in Finland at least uh, in the autumn, hopefully mm -hmm. in the fall, you know. And uh, well, uh, there are plans of European tours for the next year too, and we hopefully get to finally our, do our American debut as well, which which will okay. be the Pro Power Festival, which we are like we, we were like really looking forward to like like the, uh, during the pandemic year last year you know but of course it didn't happen and it can't happen this year either so it's it's been like really disappointing for us but really this is still like really looking forward to that and hopefully it will happen happen and there will be lots of shows but it's just not gonna happen yet yeah gotcha okay um where should people go to keep up with you and the band yeah, well, uh, uh, the best way to support an artist is to li listen to them uh, on Spotify, on YouTube, and and shit like that. Because uh, as unfortunate as it is, the the record business is not supporting artists anymore that much. So uh, follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, or any anything you'd like to like follow, which is the easiest way, and and uh, listen to our music. That's the, that's the easiest way to like support an artist these days. I think. Um, We've got like actually a really good playlist coverage on Spotify, so it's actually quite easy to find us anyway from there. So, so should be easy at least. And and every every single person listening to Arian counts a lot. So, so I really hope to see some people like you know, like finding us throughout through the show as well. Okay, cool. Um, if someone wants to buy the physical product, is there a specific place you want them to go to purchase the album? 
you will at least you can you can order it from our official merch website, which 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 is a, like huge thing for us anyway. So 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 if you want to do that, please do that. It's it's uh, a a site called Backstage Rock Shop, and it's located in Finland, and they ship like overseas. They ship all like everywhere in the world. So. That's not a worry. They're gonna ship it if you want. If you want the physical product, I, I love the, I love physical products myself as well. But and and I uh, I'm really glad to see any single copy go anywhere in the world because it's it's a huge thing for us anyway. Okay, cool. And for someone like myself who is uh, ignorant as to uh, where bands go to play in Finland, obviously I'm assuming that they go. You know, when a foreign band comes in, they probably play Helsinki, which is the capital. Um, but what other cities do bands usually play in in Finland? Yeah, well, uh, Tampere, which is like 200 kilometers from Helsinki, is a pretty good place for a, like a, a, an international band to play in, you know. It, there are like really good venues in there. Oulu as well, which is like 600 kilometers from Helsinki is sort of like midway uh, from like Finland south to its north. It's a really good place, and it's a place where all those people from the north like really gather to see those like really good international shows. So uh, those are probably the three biggest cities and, and, and most important cities in Finland when it comes to Oulu and Tampere are also like really big metal capitals of Finland. You know, they're like right. uh, metal music is really popular in those cities. So. It's just like Göteborg in, in like uh, Sweden is like really popular when it comes to like metal music. There's even that kind of sound that comes from that city. So those cities are really big when it comes to music. Go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there is one really big uh, festival in Finland for hard rock and metal, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. The Tuska Festival is like really big. That's it. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so really big and international festival. Awesome. Uh, I appreciate all your time, Evo. The album is fantastic. Um, I'm not saying that to blow smoke up your ass. I really enjoy the album. And like I said, my patrons have enjoyed what I've posted from the album. Uh, I thank you for the music and I thank you for your time and uh, wish you nothing but uh, success. Thank you. I appreciate it a lot. This was like really pleasant. I really enjoyed this time with you on this podcast. And uh, thank you for your kind words regarding our music. Well, awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ivo. We will uh, be in touch in the future. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, awesome. Bye. All right. Bye. There we go. This was a. Um, I, I didn't mention this on the stream or anything. Um, this just kind of came up. I uh, was planning to do the interview for some time. I really enjoy the band's new album. Really check it out again. Uh, you guys who have followed me know that, um, that I really speak my mind when, when I talk about bands, you know, I don't like being forced to interview people. I pursued this as soon as I saw that Evo was available. I'm like, I want to talk to him because I really like the new album. Vultures Die Alone by Arion. If nothing else, check it out on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever your streaming service of choice may be. Um, it's solid beginning to end. And um, he described everything perfectly. Uh, you know, they're listed as a, as a symphonic or power metal band, but 
this is not that at all. Sure, you can find different aspects and say, oh, well, it sounds like that here, but it's heavier. It has kind of a modern production value to it. Um, but the songs are really good. They're really strong top to bottom. So check the album out. Um, I will be back tomorrow <laughs> on the regularly scheduled Signals from Mars uh, episode. Um, by the time you hear this in the podcast format, we'll have had uh, last week's episodes with uh, Lucas from Void Vader up. And we'll have um, Chris Vaglio from Galaxy of Geeks uh, up as well. And um, for those that don't know, I do Galaxy of Geeks every Thursdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Uh, in the UK, midnight for those in the continental European time zone like myself. And um, obviously I do signals from Mars Thursdays or excuse me, Fridays, the same times as the Thursday show, 6 PM, 3 PM, 11 PM and midnight. So um, that's that. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Evo. I hope you guys support them and check the album out and I'll be back later tonight on galaxy of geeks and tomorrow with more signals from Mars. Thank you for checking this out live or otherwise are recorded and um we'll see you next time right here on the signals from mars live stream see ya thank you for listening to the mars attacks podcast this concludes our show 